0: Anything over $10 Name and Brand Music good. Productions in this motherfucker and go, like go. In huh. they We all about to find a thing <laughs> All about yeah. the design a thing I don't need no money, I got mouthpiece, my nigga Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I could get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man. I do whatever it takes to get it, man. Talk shit, swallow, spit for a living, man. The swing, man, I can get it to the pivot, man. Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man. I do whatever it takes to get it, man.
1: I'm hot. Praises to the most high. God is good all the time.
2: And all the time God is good. Beezy and a special guest in the house, we got Sky visiting from L.A., and of course, she knows how we do it, sugar-free.
1: That's right. That's right. All right, we're going to uh, talk about the George Floyd verdict. Uh, Sky. Well, how do you feel about the fact that they held him accountable?
3: Uh, I cried immediately, and then I called my grandparents. Um, I've been watching this very closely with them, and they grew up in the South, in Texas, in the 30s, Um, my grandmother's from a very small town. It's not even on the map. It looks like a railroad. Um, and then my grandfather, you know, he grew up in Dallas, but then he moved to California in his, closer to his teen years. Um, and I talk to them about stuff like this all the time. So my grandfather, he called me, he cried. My grandmother called me, she was crying. It's the same thing with Obama. They never thought they would see somebody being held accountable for killing a black man wrongfully. Um... And I hate to say it, but I'm shocked that they did it. I'm shocked that they were held they held him accountable. Um, I'm not sure why it took them so long or why there even really needed to be a trial for this matter. Like, it's blatantly honest what happened to this man. And the fact that it took him this long, but the verdict came back guilty in all three counts, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. Um, It was like a sigh of relief. But I know... I'm not stupid enough to think that this is going to be, you know, like this great hurrah and this jumpstart towards drastic change, but it's something that we've never seen. I mean, Rodney King, no one was held accountable. Um, Trayvon Martin, no one was held accountable. It just, the list goes on and on. No one's ever been held accountable. Rodney
1: King got paid though.
2: Yeah. But the accountability is worth much more than, than the, than the dollars. It's true. Yeah, it's, it, accountability is a different thing. It's a it's a catalyst for change, potentially. And it's interesting uh, you say what you said, Scott. Let me ask you a question because you're talking about your grandfather being from Texas and he came to Los Angeles in his teens, so this was probably right after World War II? Yes. Okay. The reason why I bring that up, the reason why that's um it's important is because the two so-called great migrations in this country for black people— happened after World War I and World War II. Um, you know, to a lesser extent, of course, after Emancipation. But World War I and World War Two, because there are opportunities, employment opportunities. But more importantly, you know, along with the employment opportunities, uh, the possibility of a better way of life. Mm-hmm. A way for you to maybe achieve some semblance of first-class citizenship in this country. Which is really what we're talking about. Really what we're talking about is unlawful you know we're, we're talking about a a broken criminal justice system and we're talking about <clears throat> the uh, the repercussions that reverberate into society as a result of that and i think it's also um noteworthy that you spoke with your grandparents about it because what it does is it creates historical perspective
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that's the value of it because they've seen They've seen how this has evolved over the course of generations, over a couple of generations. And that's critical to the understanding of what's happening right now, because it informs the reason why you had skepticism and why they were skeptical. Completely. Because they've seen this before. They've seen it time after time after time. Yesterday, in looking at some of the news coverage on this, uh, one of the things that was brought up was um, Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt because he um even Franklin Roosevelt who's probably historically known as one of the most liberal egalitarian presidents that we've had in our recent history even he was reluctant to to um initiate an anti-lynching laws
3: Yeah, he was. You
2: know, so yeah. that that kind of puts things into perspective. We've been dealing with this for a long time when I say we I mean this country so I understood the skepticism. My response to it, you said you cried when you when you heard the verdicts. I just kind of like sat there, kind of like numb, you know, because you know. And my um, significant other asked me. She said, um, "Well, wh- how c- you don't seem like you're that happy?" I said, "I got mixed emotions, you know, because I mean, it's significant, definitely it's significant, but I don't think it's cause for celebration." I think we can celebrate when this becomes the expectation when this is, this is the rule and not the exception. I, and, and I think that's, that's the, that's the standard that a lot of people in my generation are, are, are kind of holding it to. It's like, okay, this is, this is good. This is great. I felt more relief than exhilaration.
3: Yeah. Cause my mom had the same reaction. Um, you know she, she pro she was processing it the same time, but she was also like, "We have so much more to do, mm-hmm. so much more to get done, and to to feel like we actually made an impact or can see a difference." And I think my tears were really just me being a little bit more relief, relieved, mm-hmm. um, thinking that okay. He, somebody hurt us. Mm-hmm. First time, last time, it doesn't matter. Somebody hurt us. Exactly. We have been screaming this at the top of our lungs as a people, as a culture, as black people, since our inception in this country. And it's taken up until this point for you to be like, you might be right about this. <laughs> Not completely, because you can see what happened the same day in another state. Mm-hmm. But Like, all right, we'll give you this one. And I know that's a little cynical, but it's like, we have to be realistic with what we're dealing with here.
2: Well, everything has to have a starting point. There always has to be a place where something starts. And hopefully this can be the start of something um, that would really change the entire course of this country. Because the reason why, you know, I I was listening to to ESPN on the way over here and and (laughs) the guys were saying, as they always do, Is like, okay, this is, we, 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 um, what we did here is not necessarily representative of what policing is across the country. Derek Chauvin is not representative. What they claimed was the Minneapolis Police Department, which they did, um, claimed that this is not representative of what we are as, as a, as a policing unit, as a law enforcement agency. This is not who we are. Derek Chauvin does not represent who we are. And I would say I beg to differ. Yeah. I would say I beg to differ. And that's not because I want to be negative or cynical. It's because I just want to be practical about it. You have to understand the dynamics of interaction. Um, What people do in a circumstance like that is representative of the culture that they come from. We're talking about a culture, a systemic issue, a culture of this is what we do, which is why he was able to do what he did with that look of impunity on his face because he understood that this is what we do and nobody's going to hold me accountable for it. He just overestimated. He overstepped. He went someplace where it was indefensible. If he had if he had not killed the man, he would have gotten away with it.
3: Oh, I agree with you 100%.
2: Yeah, he would have gotten away with it. He would have been able to abuse him, use excessive force, and if, if George Floyd hadn't died, he would have gotten away with it. Because the three other men who were with him didn't do anything to stop him. No,
3: and had no intention of it either.
1: Which is further indicative of the fact that this is what they do. And that they were used to this happening. Because they were unfazed by just allowing it to continue. And to a point where somebody died, which also lets me, leads me to believe that he's killed other people. And gotten away with it. Well, you
2: have to believe that the possibility strongly is, is 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 strong. It's a strong possibility that something like that has happened. And I mean, that's the ultimate cynical view on it. But what other conclusion could you draw based on what you've already seen? You know, it's it's a logical progression to make. To make a long story short, you couldn't blame somebody for for saying that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he hadn't killed somebody else. I mean, I mean, but that would be a matter of public record anyway. Well, not public record, but it would have to be documented in some sense because I'm sure this wasn't his first incident of ex- excessive force. So,
1: if and, we. After watching it, I didn't get the impression that it was the first time that he had done something like that. Of course it wasn't.
3: He looked dead in the camera as if, what are you going to do to me? Like, exactly. Okay, so what? You're recording me. And your point is? Right, nothing is going to happen. I don't know. It's barbaric. Um, it's barbaric that we even can sit here and say that we've seen videos and watched this happen to somebody. And the fact that no matter how many times it's recorded, it still gets pushed aside like, oh, it was an accident. Like, um, what's it, Dante Wright is his name? hmm She said, oops, I accidentally... Sh- how do you accidentally do this? You, you've been on the force for 12-plus years. There's a... Dis- like, the weight between the taser in your firearm is distinctive. And
2: they're on completely opposite sides of your body. It's not, and, you know, this is something that, you know, you don't get up in the morning with this stuff on. You got to put this stuff on every day. So this is a, a deliberate, habitual process that you go through. And if you're a 10-year-plus veteran, this is you know, this isn't new to you. You don't even have to look. If you've been doing something for 10 months, you know where one thing is versus the other. You know, if you work, because basically th- those are tools of the trade for them. You know, so if you're a workman using your tools on a regular basis, you mean to tell me you don't know where your tools are? You know, that's part of
3: what you do. Especially because you're the one who placed them there.
2: Exactly. That's what I just said. You (laughs) you don't wake up in the morning with this stuff on. You have to put it there. You have to
3: feel that every single day. So,
2: no, I don't buy the fact that it's an oops.
1: Well, listen, since the inception of their job, they've been able to detain us as property and use excessive force and kill us without consequence Mm -hmm. and it's been that way since their inception so their system isn't broken Uh, it works just fine and exactly how they want it to work we want to break their system exactly is the difference exactly and that's what people need to understand you know their system is not designed to do something other than what it's doing what we want is for a different system Exactly, and, the, and they don't want a different system. You no, know, the whole the whole system is
2: broke. And I was listening to a, a, a gentleman that was um, who's been in law enforcement. He's in part part of some organization. I wish I could remember the um, the actual dynamic of what it is that he does. But what he was saying is that basically it just has to be torn down and, and built and rebuilt from the bottom up, the way that they hire people the way that they train people, uh, the type of people that they recruit, recruitment, all that. And that's in every organization, but especially in an organization in which the work is as sensitive as policing
1: is. And they also need to go back to not being able to police communities that they don't come from.
2: And all of that is part of it. So we're talking about a complete restructure of the way that policing is done in this country. And you, I mean, you really make an incredibly um, profound point, B, when you say what you just said, that it's not broken from their perspective. It does exactly what it was designed to do. Um, And I was just telling Sky before he went on the air, there's a book by a gentleman by the name of David Oshinsky called Worse Than Slavery, where he kind of outlines the evolution of policing in the South. And it's the same in the North. It doesn't really matter. The The same principles apply. But what he pointed out, which a lot of people don't think about, is that there really wasn't much need for jails and policing, um, as we know it now, until black people were emancipated. Until the slaves were emancipated, there were no black people in jails in America. There was no need for them. So we're talking about a phenomenon that's only existed for about 150 years in America. There was a whole new set of laws, the way that our criminal justice system is set up, Um, the way we were always talking about criminal justice reform. All this stuff was born basically um, in the wake of emancipation. They had to figure out what to do with these black people who are now serving a completely different role in America than the role that they had ever envisioned for us. In fact, the whole category of white was invented for this country. There was no such thing as white people until the 17th century in America, late 17th century in America. So they had to find a way to distinguish and separate people. And all of that was created here in America. So that's the the matrix that all this stuff is born out of. It's important to understand the the historical reference points, the legacy of America, you know, all the way back, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson, where they made separation of the races legal, the Dred Scott decision where America didn't have to recognize any rights a black person thought they may have. That was 1850. So we're talking about history here.
1: And, it's, and, it's, and it was legislated that way, into yeah. law.
2: You know, the whole two-thirds of a person for representation for white folks in the South. Because there were so many slaves in the South that they wanted to make sure that in order to get the representation that they felt that they needed for political and economic reasons, we got to find some way to to count these niggas, even though we don't feel like they're people. So we'll make them two thirds of a person just for our um, political
1: expediency. And what you said about, you know, needing something to do with them is significant too, because not all of the black people that you see here are immigrants. A lot of them, but most of them are native. And so, but the people who are trying to establish this new order, they're not native, they're immigrants, right mm mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now they're but they can't deport us because we're native and they aren't mm-hmm so they can't do nothing with us but treat us as prisoners of war, which is ev- which is what everyone in prison is. they're not criminals, they're prison prisoners of war and or they just kill you because we're at war, exactly right so. What the whole facade is acting like it ain't what it is. Oh, these people are criminals, and we're, we we got to rehabilitate these people, and blah blah blah.
3: And I think that's where people's breaking point is getting to because they're realizing this. I and don't. It's like
1: no, that's not at all what's happening, and that's why there's a billion police shows on television. Yeah, you know what I'm saying because they're they're, they're trying to reshape your, your view on your this. view on what's actually happening. That's why there's a billion um, doctor shows on TV, too, because they're trying to, you know, reshape your view of the whole medical industry and what they're actually doing. You know, so anytime you see shows where you see a lot of that, but then when what you see in real life don't match that at all. You know, there's there's some there's some agenda at play.
3: Yeah, they are trying to disconnect you and and make you from the reality. Yeah distract you from it like okay you saw this on the news but watch your favorite show is starring your favorite actor and it's they're SWAT yeah or they're you know they're the lead doctor in this new hit drama on ABC and it's written by a black woman and it's yeah but what's that got to do with what's happening in real life but
1: then when you talk to like real nurses who are in the hospitals every day and they're telling you what's happening with these with these people who you know don't have COVID but they're being claimed that you know they have COVID and they're being dying from COVID and all this type of stuff you're like wow is really, really different in real life than you know, how they portray it on television. And so that's the other thing, like the hypnosis, the indoctrination, and the, the, the false media, the false news. All that has to be changed, too. Otherwise, it's not going to change on, the, on, the, on a global level, because I feel like whoever controls the media is going to control the consciousness of the, of, the, of the masses.
2: You know, one of the things that you always talk about, B, is um, how things are turned upside down. Think about it about what you guys were just saying a moment ago. Art is supposed to imitate life, not in re- not the reverse. Right, right, right. Now we got life imitating art.
3: Exactly. Yeah,
1: we do. You
2: know, and that's <laughs> that should tell you everything you need to know.
1: But the whole agenda is to come against what's natural.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's where I wanted you to go with that because this is something you're always talking about. Is to take everything that's right and make it wrong. Exactly you know make what's wrong right people think that just because something is legal that is right
3: or, or normalized or is that
1: is no yeah widely accepted which is what we mm-hmm. basically call normal it's like so so what if people accept that nonsense they don't make it right
3: what happened to right being right and wrong being wrong yeah and when did it become like this gray area this gray there area no was black like, and white yeah no, it's like well there is black and white it depends on how i see it no no that's not how this works. See,
1: people, people, people want to live in a world where their perception dictates reality. Exactly. Instead of...
3: Well, stay in your instead room Instead of
1: wrapping their perception, like, have, looking at their perception, shaping their perception through the view of reality. You know, you have to be connected to rea- what is. It can't, it can't, we can't be all walking around in this made-up world in our mind where ain't none of us living in the same space. And coexisted in the <laughs> same space? Because I'm just
3: thinking what that that's would look like. That's crazy. Like nothing nothing exists because you don't want it to.
1: That's craziness. You know, and, and what we're dealing with in, in, in our society is, is really a mental health issue at large because the, the, the things that people go for and accept on a societal level is just crazy. And now you can't even say people are crazy or say something that's crazy, you know, because you're ostracized, like, for that. And I'm like, no, this stuff ain't right. This mess is crazy. <laughs> it's so true. But I also noticed that people don't want to be inconvenienced to, inf- to in to in enact real change. You know what I'm saying? And in the '60s, people were willing to do that exactly collectively. And, well, you right. see, and
2: you see what happened then. Every you know, and this is something you've heard me talk about a lot of times. B, every time America has had an opportunity to do the right thing, it's chosen not to. It has chosen not to. Let me say that one more time. It has chosen not to. Because you had black people who were among the first to die in, in our war, America's war for freedom, the Revolutionary War, for their separation from, from England. Black people were amongst the first to die in that conflict because they believed They believed in the ideals that were espoused by the Declaration of Independence. Man, that all men are created by you know created equal and endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights. They have a right to freedom, justice, liberty, equality. I'm down for
1: that. Well those most of those are African principles.
2: You know, so I'm down for that. Yeah. Those aren't American (laughs) principles anyway, but anyway. But they 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 were down for that. So they were willing to die with the hope that America would live up to those ideals. Man, that is something that I would really love to see. I want to be a part of that. Sign me up. Same thing happened in the Civil War. Black people ran to the Union lines to fight for freedom. World War I, same thing. They came back. White people went crazy. Black men in the streets getting lynched because they were wearing their uniforms. Back from World War I, expecting a new, a new reality in America. Didn't happen. World War II, same thing. Okay, it didn't happen then. Generation later, we're back in the same boat. We're fighting for freedom. We're on the right side. Come back to America. Lynch, 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 lynch. Race riots in all the cities in America. Because white folks ain't having it. They just were not having it. And it's the same thing now. You saw what happened when when Donald Trump said that he didn't lose, and Joe Biden was, you know, and the news is fake, and everything that doesn't support him is fake. White people stormed the Capitol.
3: It was an insurrection.
2: You know, and, 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 and the police was letting them in the Capitol.
3: Domestic terrorism, and it was like, no, they were just upset.
2: You know, Oh, they and <laughs> Trump said, no, they weren't they were insurrectionists. They were hugging the police. Well, they probably were. In some of those instances. But they were also beating the hell out of the ones who were trying to keep them out. You know. So I say that to say this. This is the same pattern. Every time America has had an opportunity to go right. They went left. The same thing happened after the Kennedy administration. After Kennedy died. And and Lyndon Johnson stepped up. And signed the voting rights bills. And the civil rights bills. And then right after that. What did we get? We got Richard freaking Nixon. That's what we got. And you saw where that went. And then when things start going right again, we got Ronald Reagan. You know, so it just goes on and on and on. And I mean, this show ain't long enough <laughs> for us to talk about <laughs> all the examples of America having the opportunity to do the right thing. And then there's the white backlash. And then we go right back. Because why make we've them uncomfortable? To always been. It happened in um, what was um, Reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Rutherford B. Hayes got to be the 19th president because of a compromise. The Democrats got pissed because they actually won the election. They actually won the election. Samuel Tilden won the election, but they decided they were going to give it to Rutherford if he was willing to pull the troops out of the South and and let 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 America go left one more time. That was the end of reconstruction, pulled the troops out of the South, and we got all these Jim Crow laws and all this um, justice reform because black people were actually getting rights in America. That's when we got Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896. So all this stuff is related. You know, and that's what I was thinking about yesterday when the verdict came down. I was saying, okay, America has another chance to go right, but I've never seen him do nothing but go left. So my happiness was muted. I wasn't jumping up and down and crying and nothing like that, cheering. I just said, okay, well, we'll see. And we still haven't had sentencing yet.
3: No, we haven't. We haven't.
2: And that's not for another eight weeks, so it's not going to happen anytime soon. So we'll see. They'll wait for passions to die down a little bit because to give this backwards-ass sentencing that's probably going to come down would a, have met with a whole bunch of pushback in the immediate aftermath of this verdict. But eight weeks from now, people got short memories.
3: They so, do. It's up,
2: so it's up to people to make sure that they keep their feet to the fire when it comes to this. Let them know that, hey, you're under watch right now. We're waiting to see what you do. Now, the jury came down with the right verdict. Let's see what you do now, Judge, because you're going to be the one that had the final say. So we'll see what happens. But my happiness was muted. I was relieved, but I wasn't jumping up and down.
3: Yeah, I feel that. I think, like I said, I think it was more so thinking about my grandparents. And, you know, like I was saying, they've seen all these things happen. And it's never ended well. Mm -mm. And... Not wanting to mute the fact that they felt like this went in their favor. But like you said, they still have an opportunity to go left. They gave us guilty. That don't mean, like you said, the sentencing is going to match that. Or like I mentioned earlier, you had a 15-year-old girl shot and killed in Columbus the same day. Right after they announced the verdict. (laughs) So there's your left. Yeah. It was like, okay, okay we 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 had this small victory and then you turn around you snuff another child from us
2: yeah it's like don't go thinking that things didn't changed cuz it hasn't it's going to take a it's going to take a minute you know for things to do to go the way that they're supposed to do the way they're supposed to go excuse me but you know, you know like i said i'm I, i'm just skeptical
3: i'll I'm, be keeping watch though i'll be keeping watch i'll be paying attention you know and i just We'll see. <laughs> like you said, we'll see.
2: Yeah, it was hard to, um, generally, Is anybody that listens to this podcast knows we, we talk about sports. We talk about sports. Uh, but this was way too important not to talk about.
1: And our main, you know, emphasis, even sports-wise, has been NBA. And their focus all season has been to try to bring more awareness to what's happening in these communities, so... It all kind of ties at the end of the day, you know. So in the
2: future, you know, future podcasts will definitely talk about the way that a lot of the athletes have responded to what's happened, and I think it's going to be um, insightful. It's going to be insightful as to what what this all really means to the folks who are who are the participants and what we generally like to focus on. So I'm interested in seeing their reaction. I'm interested to see the progress that's made or not made, because um, we have to. We have to always be vigilant. We always have to be concerned. We all have to be ready to hold ourselves and everyone else accountable, because we are our brother's keeper. We are our brother's keeper, so it's up to us to make sure that we do the right thing. And hopefully this program will be part of doing the right thing, raising awareness, making people aware, educating, you know, and, and illuminating things that may not get the light that they deserve.
1: Agreed. Any last thoughts, Sky?
3: I'm praying for us as a people in general. Um, you know, I just, let's not give up. Let's take this, but let's not give up. Let's, let, don't let them think that because you gave us something that we're done or that you can pacify us, Um, you know, sending my love and my prayers to his family, anyone else who's been affected by police brutality, gun violence, anything of that nature, you know, um, well, we got, we got some work to do.
1: Agreed, agreed, agreed. I'm, I'm definitely in prayer for this country as well. Um, Thank you so much for joining this guy and, you know, enriching in our show with your beautiful spirit.
3: Thank you guys for having um, me.
1: Thank you for coming through and you know, spending some time with your boy as well because it's been a really, really rough month for me. So I appreciate you coming through. Real ones always come through. Dad, any other shout outs or final remarks?
2: No, I, I just so appreciate uh, Sky's Skye's energy and and where her heart is. Uh, we, we definitely need to understand that we're in this together and basically and understanding that we're all tied together. Like you guys were saying, there is no alternative reality. There aren't any alternative facts. All there is is the real. And that's what Sugar Free is supposed to be about. So peace and love, everybody. Trying to keep it real as always.
1: Sugar Free signing out. Matrix.
0: The more I move, the more they can't say shit Miraculous the way I move by the agents The stereotype, I'm armed and I'm dangerous, dangerous. The golden rule, never talk to strangers Never serve a fiend, you never seen. If you're getting cream, you split it with your team I can get it there, whatever you need He moved the zip, I ate the whole cake If you're holding weight, you move it out of state, nigga they call me the transporter I'm good from three point range Call me Terry Porter Switch. No talking, no tape recorder Ain't worried about getting caught I'm crossing the border A hundred G's paid to retain a lawyer I paid the fees and moved to La Jolla I pit bull like a Georgetown Hoya. Who the employee and I'm the employer Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man In the name of show, show. I'ma smash the gas Smoking my juicy fruit and in pursuit of cash And I bring the house of pain like I was ever last Ever since a young nigga labeled me an outcast I'm going balls out, my back's against the wall Big balls, about the size of a tennis, Ball. big balls Sheep. I'll show you how to ball out If the game like a nuclear fallout If you win the dissing, I'm the one you should call out I'm on a mission player, I never sold out I took the other route, I went against the grain me and my nigga, man, we the ones to follow We some thorough niggas, we going full throttle Got a 50 Hennessy and I'ma drink the whole bottle Pocket full of money, player feeling like I won the lotto Got a bad bitch, call her America's top model Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle, player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man I do whatever it whatever takes, it takes. Uh. I do whatever it takes, take. Uh, I do whatever it, take. Whatever it takes, take. I do whatever it takes to get it man I told you nigga, you know my persona, you know my persona. I'm a soldier nigga, death before designer Yelling ain't no peace, till the niggas get it, peace While I flip my middle finger to your all smoking on the finest marijuana I can find I'm from the money gang, we throwing up dollar signs We on the grind like each and every day Seven days seven a week, week. 24-7-365 The last time I checked it was all about the money, power, and respect I'm certified solid, better check my rep You couldn't see through me if you was looking at my silhouette Blood in my eye like the great George Jackson We about to take it, we ain't asking to say the least I put that on my brother's dead and deceased I'll be a rider till I rest in peace Talk shit, swallow spit for a living, man The swing man, I can get it to the pivot, man Knee deep in the struggle player, I'm with it, man I do whatever it takes to get it, man. I do whatever it takes. I do whatever it takes. takes. I do whatever whatever
1: it takes. I do whatever it takes to get it, man.